Hey, this is Ryan Miller. I'm the lead pastor of Local City Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope this talk encourages you, inspires you, and reminds you that there is always hope. That this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. Enjoy the message. It's a fun day here. This is the first time we've ever done this, but I'm excited about it. As you can see, I got my Blockbuster sweater on, went and purchased it on Amazon because I was a big Blockbuster kid growing up. Anybody, any big Blockbuster kids or families growing up? I mean, now we're spoiled with Netflix and Disney Plus. I mean, it's just a click away. But I remember back in the day where you had to hope that what you wanted to watch, the new release, was there at the store. And if it wasn't there, you were so bummed because you had to go bruise around the store and find something else. And on the bottom line of my sweater, it says, be kind, rewind. I love that statement because it was my first memory of what it is like to be on the other side of someone who is unkind. I don't know if you remember the days back when Blockbuster had VHS tapes. If you don't know what that is, it wasn't just a little thing where you could, you know, pick a scene and jump in right there. It was fast forward and rewind. All right, big old VHS. I had one in my room that had like the pop-up VHS and then you slid it in and slammed it down. One of the most frustrating things, even as a kid, is when you put in that VHS and the person before you like didn't rewind and all you get is the end credits and you're so excited you got to wait a few more minutes to start the movie but then there was something even worse that would happen for some for some reason sometimes it would start like right where the end of the movie was happening and you'd get like a spoiler of the whole movie that you were excited to watch and you were really mad because you were like why didn't you just rewind and be kind well local city We don't have VHSs anymore, it's probably hard to find, but we're always gonna be kind. And one of the things we love doing is, one of our core values is fun is in our DNA. And as the pastor, I want you to know that church, we get inspired, we get challenged, we get impacted, but also it's a place where we can laugh and enjoy coming here and not have to endure through it. And we can have some fun on Sunday mornings. And I love movies and I believe we can find spiritual truths in some of the stories that we love. So over the next few weeks, today, next week, and the first week of December, we're going to be in a a little collection of talks called Blockbuster Sundays, which is where we're going to show some clips from one of my favorite movies and pull out spiritual truths from them because I believe it's just so powerful. And here's the why behind the what of doing that. Not just to say, hey, we're showing movies in church, get here. It's not that. It's because Jesus used stories to teach. He used these things called parables where he would talk about stories that the people listening to him understood whether it was about farming and sowing and reaping or about sheep or about money or about whatever it may be, he would use stories to hit home the scriptural and spiritual truths that could change someone's life. And so that's what we're gonna do today. We're gonna take a deep breath and have some fun in church. That's why we had the, the Coke and popcorn outside for you. So what we're gonna do is I'm gonna, we're all gonna get our Coca-Colas out our original taste. Maybe you got the cherry Coke. Maybe you got the caffeine free. I'm an original guy myself, but when I crack this soda open, we're going to watch what movie we're seeing today. Actually, I'll just tell you, we're watching one of my favorite movies from 1992, The Mighty Ducks. And then we're going to be unpacking some stuff on the screen. So thanks for being here online, but come on, everybody, get your sodas out. We're going to do this nice little, wait, 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 wait. If you already jumped, if you already went, you can't get it back in. All right, but but you can still you can make the noise. You can go psh with us. All right. So here we go on the count of three. Let's enjoy our blockbuster Sundays, everybody. Local city. One, two, three. Ah. Mmm. Now turn your attention to the screen. Let's get ready for the message this morning. 
Local City, it is week one of our Blockbuster Sundays and we are so excited. The whole vision behind these next collection of talks is to remind us that there are spiritual truths in stories that we love. I loved going to the movies when I was growing up. I still remember the first movie I ever went to as a kid, 1993 Jurassic Park. Why my dad took a five-year-old to Jurassic Park, who knows, but I fell in love with movies that day and I've realized that there are some powerful spiritual truths in these movies that we can remember, celebrate, and maybe think about that could help us in our journey of faith. So whether it's your first time or your hundredth time at Local City, let's get ready for our first Sunday of Blockbuster Sundays. Follow me. Now, I'm at one of my favorite places in the city. By the shirt, you can probably tell we are at the Amelie Arena, the home ice rink of our Tampa Bay Lightning. And I, it, was, it reminds me just how powerful stories and moments are. When you walk up to the Amelie Arena, the first thing you see is our old captain, Dave Andrichuk, holding the Stanley Cup up. And I remember celebrating that moment, realizing that I am a part of something that's bigger than myself. And I think there's no greater vision than that. The fact that we get to be a part of something that is bigger than just our own lives, that is bigger than just ourselves. And as the church, as the capital C church, local city, on a Sunday, we gather with thousands, hundreds of thousands of other people, lifting up the hope that has a name, and that name is Jesus. And we wanna do whatever it takes to reach people. As much as they celebrate in this arena on a home ice win, we wanna celebrate on Sunday mornings that Jesus is alive, we're forgiven, and and set free and there is always hope because hope has a name and that name is Jesus. Well I can't wait for this Sunday morning. Get your notes out, get your Bibles out local city and let's get ready to learn from God and his word about our faith and the life that he's created for us. We're about to introduce our movie for week one and I can't wait to say this. I'll see you inside after. today. Oh, so I'm gonna let you get your sorry vanilla booty out of here before we be using your eyeballs as hockey pucks. <laughs> Thanks, bro. But I'm not going home till I take care of business. District 5 Pee Wee Hockey Team. I'm Gordon Bombay. I'm the new coach. Afraid so, dude. Got the roster right here. Averman, Dave, Conway, Charlie, Paul, Terry. Now here's the long and the short of it. I hate hockey and I don't like kids. It was supposed to be a pep talk. Look, I'm sure this will be a real bonding experience. And maybe one day, one of you will even write a book about it in jail. Funny. Is there a goalie? Uh, only for a little while. I'm uh, moving back to Philly. Thank you for sharing that. No problem. All right. Get out on the ice. Let me see what you can do. Uh, just so you know, you really suck. Hey, I'll decide who sucks around here. 
What's our record anyway? Oh, and nine. Well, it was pretty close though. We only lost by five. And we almost scored a goal too. Good work. Nice game. I enjoyed it thoroughly. <laughs> hey, shut up! You guys stink. I thought we came here to play hockey. You know, I knew we forgot something. <laughs> but you think it's funny? You think losing is funny? Well, not at first, but once you get the hang of it. Hello? Oh, that was my fault, so sorry. My bad. One of my favorite quotes from the movie is the last thing that he says right there, that you think losing is funny, not at first, but once you get the hang of it. And that, that statement right there is kind of guiding where our conversation is going today. If you get your notes out, the title of our conversation is today is Teamwork Makes the Dream Work. Teamwork Makes the Dream Work. And what I love about this statement is it begins to speak to us about the fact that we have dreams inside of our lives, but we cannot accomplish them by ourselves. We need people around us. Again, if you've never seen the movie, The Mighty Ducks, where you been? But I love it because it follows some deep resonating stories and I believe spiritual truths about teams. Now let me share with you the scripture that we'll be unpacking today. It's on your notes. It's from Galatians chapter six, verse nine, and it says this. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Turn to the person next to you and tell them, don't give up. Tell them, don't give up, don't give up. Turn to the person that's on your other side that you ignore and said, hey, don't give up. Come on, don't give up. We're in this together, right? Teamwork makes the dream work. That's what we're leaning into. And to understand the stories of what's happening here is you gotta lean into the two parties that we saw. Number one is the coach. His, his character name is Gordon Bombay, and he grew up playing hockey. He was on the best team in Minneapolis, Minnesota, the Hawks. He was the best player, scored 100 goals every season. But his coach was one of those coaches who just drove with pressure and taught him that winning is everything. And there's this moment in the beginning of the movie where they are about to, they have a chance to win the championship game. And it's up to him in a penalty shot, and he skates down to the goalie and bangs the shot off the pipe, off the goal, and misses, and his team loses in overtime. And the beginning is really this emotional story telling us of, showing us this disappointment in this little kid. And in the moment, the coach, rather than picking him back up and encouraging him, says, you let me down and you let your team down. If your child ever has a coach like that, put him on a, a worse team but, and save him from that kind of pressure, because there's nothing good that comes from that. And then within the same, within the same year, Gordon Bombay's dad dies as well, the person who taught him to skate and the person who would come to his practices and come to his games. So when you begin to think about it, it's disappointment, it's depression, it's loss, things that we carry probably. And it created, it created just him to be a shell of himself where he just drove his whole life to be winning is everything and do whatever it takes to win. 
And you can sense the harshness and anger in his voice when he meets District 5, the new hockey team, that because he got a DUI, he was sent to community service, and now he has to coach this hockey team. And they are also a party to listen into because they've been forgotten about. They're from the poor side of town. Their coaches have always yelled at them and hate them, and they've never won a game. So we step in to a story where we see people who are very tired, very weary, and simply just don't care anymore. But it's amazing what can happen when they rally around a specific purpose with someone who can speak life to them and speak encouragement to them. Here's the thing where it relates to us, local city. I want you to write this down. It's that God has created us with the ability to do good and help others. That's why it says in Galatians 6, 9, hey, don't get weary about doing good. Don't give up doing good. Because at just the right time, you'll find what you've always been looking for. You will receive what you've been working towards. At just the right time, you will receive a harvest of blessing. We can't give up doing good because God has created us with that ability, the supernatural ability, I believe, to do good and help others. My wife and I, we've been learning this as parents, and this just happened a few days ago. Um, We got to film inside the arena, which, again, as you'll see in some of the scenes, I was like a kid in a candy store. I was like, I just want to hang out here all day. Got to go down on the ice. Just really fun. And we filmed on on Wednesday morning, and as I was heading there, we only had a short window where we could film because, you know, it's a big arena that has big hockey games and a lot of events there. And so we only had a little amount of time, and I was about to get to the Amelie Arena when Adrienne texted me, and she said, hey, are all of Shepard's shoes in your car? And I looked back to my dismay, and I said, yep, big pile of shoes, because Shepard loves to take them off after school. Big pile in the back seat. She's like, well, he has literally no shoes to go to school in. And I said, well, I can't turn around. Uh, we got we to gotta film this thing. She's like, all right, I'll, I'll figure something out. So she had to, like, shove his big four-and-a-half-year-old feet in some old toddler shoes and let him go to school in that. And then she ran to Target, got us some cool shoes, brought him there. And at any point in that moment where we like, well, Shepard, sorry, you're just going to have to go barefoot or all that. No, you, gotta, you do whatever it takes when you're a parent. You even like swallow the pill of embarrassment and shame and tell the story at church of how forgetful you are as the dad sometimes. But you don't go grow weary in it. You don't get tired of it because that's your son. That's your kid. And when you realize you're doing something that God created you to do, you're willing to do whatever it takes. And God's created you and I to help people. God's created us to do good in other people's lives. And I believe you can only find it one way. This is the next thing to write down. It's that alone we can do so little. But together, we can do so much. You will never be able to accomplish as much by yourself as you can on the right team. Here's how I can prove it to you. The Son of God walked the earth, the most powerful God incarnate human being to ever walk the earth. And he surrounded himself with a team. They were dysfunctional. They did a good job sometimes, and then they disappointed Jesus a lot of times. But they surrounded him because Jesus knew that he was modeling what it was going to take to change the world, to do good, to help others, to build his church. So if Jesus didn't live his life alone, neither can you. If Jesus saw the importance of surrounding yourself with the right people and being on the right team and living out the teamwork makes the dream work value, then we have to do it as well. We can't forget how important it is to get in the game and begin to do what God has called us to do. And it's not very hard. Paul tells us in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, don't get tired of simply doing good. 
What is Galatians written to? The audience that Galatians is written to is the church in Galatia. And they are pressured by the legalistic religious leaders. What has happened is, is the good news of Jesus has exploded all over the world. And disciples are going into every corner of the earth, planting churches. Paul was one of them. And in Galatia, what happens is the religious leaders, the Jewish religious leaders, see all these new other people, these other races and ethnicities and Gentile people getting saved. And they're like, hey, they have to do the same thing we did growing up. They have to follow the same religious ceremonies, and they have to do the same religious laws and, and traditional things that we had to do. So, hey, Gentile people, we know you're here at church, but you're not really saved until you do these things. Paul's like, no, no, no. That's not how it works. We don't see, we don't, God is not a God of pressuring us into obeying him. God is not a God of pressuring us to do the right thing. It's first and foremost about realizing that we are together with him, that he's created us and breathed life into our lifeless selves, and he has forgiven us and set us free, and Jesus has given his life so that we could come alive and be made new. And all that other stuff comes afterwards. So Galatians is written to a people who are weary. They're tired of doing good because it never seems like enough. Anyone ever try to, you're trying to build a relationship with someone or you're trying to earn that good grace at work and you do the one good thing after the other and it just never seems like enough? You just seem like you're running the hamster wheel, just me and one other person, okay, good, I'll just cry with you later. No, 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 it's something that we deal with, right? Just can, God's not like that, okay? I just gotta tell you that. God just loves you for who you are. Now, he, now, again, he loves you the way you are, but he loves you too much to let you stay that way. And we're going to talk about that a little bit. But he wants you to begin to live out the reason he created you, and that is to help others and to do good and to share the love of Jesus and bring hope local and be on a team where you can see your dreams come to life. And we can't let past mistakes, past hurts, past disappointments destroy what God wants to do in our lives. Turn your attention to the screen. Let's keep going today. Nice to see you. Sure, sure, sure. You probably thought I was dead. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you at the game the other night. Why didn't you say anything? So busy screaming at the kids. I didn't want to spoil the moment. Everything's the same. Well, the game hasn't changed. Why should my store? You became a doctor. Lawyer. Oh, that's too bad. Enjoy that. Well, I hardly ever lose a case. <laughs> that is not what I asked. Hmm. I see you still have this up. Thanks very much. It is important to remember the past. I just as soon forget it. 
That was the worst time of my life. My dad died that year. The two were not related. No, but it felt like they were. I found this not long ago. He was proud of you. I miss him. You scored 198 goals in that season, Gordon. It's a shame you quit. You could have gone all the way, you know. No. You really love to play. You remember? You remember? I used to play on the ponds that left the dark until your father called you back. But you really flew on that ice, Scott. It's all I ever wanted to do. And why did you stop? Riley, I saw what he did to you. Riley is an idiot. The guy wins. It's not about winning court, and it never was. Just show them how to play, show them how to have fun. Teach them to fly. I mean, that is what they remember long after you've gone back to being a doctor. Lawyer. <laughs> so today, as you saw, our movie, our Blockbuster Sunday, is based around the story of The Mighty Ducks. Released in 1992, I was four when that movie came out, and I saw it when it came out, and I still remember it. It was awesome. But let me give you some context of what's going on at the beginning of that movie. We see a group of people and an individual, right? We see the team of the young kids of the Mighty Ducks. Actually, they're not even called that yet. They're simply called District 5. Their identity is labeled by where they're from, kind of in a poorer side of the city, a forgotten about neighborhood. And then you see Coach Gordon Bombay step into their lives. A man who now carries his past failures, and now his mantra is doing whatever it takes to win, even if that means stepping on everybody behind you to get successful in life. And so they come together. And what you see in both of their stories, both the team and both the coach, is that they're letting something take hold of them that I believe the enemy loves to use in our life. Right now, we're about to head out onto the ice, but right now we're sitting on the bench. Maybe in your sports teams, you rode the bench. That's okay, at least you were on the team. But the thing is, it keeps us out of why we were created to play, why we were created to live this life. Remember in Galatians 6, 9, it says, don't let us get tired of doing what is good. Other translations say, don't get weary of doing good. One of the ways the enemy loves to keep you and I tired and weary of doing what God has created us to do is through our past. Once again, you see with the District 5 team, before they became the Mighty Ducks, their coaches did not like them. They, all they did was yell at them. They had never won a game. They had never been unified together. And with Coach Bombay, he was, again, identified by his past failure as a kid when he played hockey, and also by the hurt from losing his father passing away at a young age. See, the enemy loves to use our past, your past, my past, to keep us out of the game, to keep us on the bench. Write this down for me today is that your past can either be a prison that traps you or a platform that transforms you. See, God wants to use all those lessons you've learned, all those stories of the fact that you kept going, you kept breathing, you kept moving forward to be a platform for you that can transform you and the lives around you through the word of your testimony. Do not let the enemy trap you in the prison of your past mistakes and failures because you are free. And in just a moment, as we're going to talk, Jesus has set us free so that we can simply live free. On there is that don't let your prison or don't let your past become a prison that traps you. 
but let it be a platform that transforms you. Your past can be either the prison that traps you or the platform that transforms you. We all have a past, we all have mistakes, we all have failures. And the enemy would love nothing more in your life to just keep you there forever. But the good news is, is that we don't have to stay in the prison of our past anymore. Can I give you some good news today, local city church, is that the door to that prison cell is unlocked. And even more than that, the door to that prison cell is wide open. All we have to do is to choose to get up and walk out of that prison cell of our past mistakes and hurts and failures. And it wasn't anything that we did that unlocked and opened that door. It was the love and sacrifice of Jesus and his miraculous conquering of the grave when he walked out alive so that we could live free. Too often we deal with so much remembering about our past and God's like, hey, I know, but that's forgiven. I'm I'm redeeming that. I'm restoring that. Let's keep going forward and get out of that prison of your past stuff and let's move into the future that I have for you. Let's move into the future that God's created for us that is ours for the taking. I love that conversation where there's the, the questions that the characters are asking. Is he, you know, Gordon Bombay says, I never win a case, but the, Hans, the kind of wise old sage, says, it's not what I asked. He's getting at the root of it. Are you enjoying life? Is this who you want to be? And it's not about winning. It's about being who you were created to be. It's about impacting others. It's about teaching someone else something that only you can teach them. See, our past can turn into the platform when we realize and stand in front of people and tell them a story, whether it's 100 people or an individual, and tell them, hey, I know what you're going through. I've been there, and you can get through this. It's when we tell them, hey, take one step after the other. It's when we step in into their lives and pray for them and help them see that God is with them. See, your past can be a platform when you place it in the hands of God. When you place it in his hands and say, you know what, God, I simply want to be used by you. There's some amazing, miraculous testimonies and stories in here of just how much God has defeated the things in your past. And he wants to use those things to encourage and help someone else. And what I love is as we begin to see in the movie is that Gordon Bombay takes all those lessons that he had forgotten about from his dad that taught him, because all he could focus in on was the fact that his dad died when he was young, and he began to teach them to these young kids on his team. See, the enemy, again, would love for you to just stick, getting stuck in the rut of depression and sadness and, and pain and regret, where God is like, hey, if you would just give that to me, I can turn that into something that is redeeming and powerful and can help somebody, and you can begin to impact someone's life to do good and help them in a way that you never thought possible. But we've got to be willing to trust God with our past. We've got to be willing to walk out of that prison cell. Here's what it says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. So Christ, so Jesus, has truly set us free. Circle that word free as many times as you need to. One, ten, a hundred. Circle it, because you're free. You're free. Not because of anything that you've done, not because of anything I'm saying, but because of what Jesus did for you and for me. He sets you free. Now make sure you stay free and don't get tied up again into the slavery to the law. What was happening in the church in Galatia was that people would have a beautiful, powerful experience with Jesus. And then as soon as they would make a mistake or as soon as that they weren't measuring up religiously to some things, people would begin to beat them down and pressure them again and say, well, you'll always be that way. You'll always make those mistakes. You're still not good enough. 
And Paul is letting everybody know at that church, and he's letting us know today, don't get tied into that stuff again. Don't get bound by that stuff of you have to keep doing and doing and doing and forget that you were created as a human being and you can be the son and daughter that God has designed you to be within his family and on the team of his capital C church making a difference. Christ has truly set you and I free and there is no better news than that. To know that we are his kids and to know that we can invite other people into his family to know that we can make a difference in someone's life. I never want to give up on those things because at some point I was isolated. I was alone. I was dealing with my own past and hurts, and someone said, hey, there's still a place for you. You're never too far gone. And when we begin to do that, it's amazing what God does. One of the stories and wins I was going to share from yesterday is uh, I had a couple of our team members head out to the street to just place a sign out in the road that said, you know, free groceries, free laundry. And as soon as they put that sign out, some lady rolled her window down or came up and said, hey, are you guys doing this today? And they said, yeah, come on in. And her reaction was, oh my gosh, this, this is such a blessing. This is exactly what I needed. And she immediately drove in to the parking lot and got out of her car and immediately started weeping, crying. Because at just the right time, our group of broken, messed up people who said, hey, God, I just want you to use me, was in her life at the right time. And I remember the, the guy was telling me and he started to tear up because it impacted him so much. Man, sitting on the bench and sitting in the, in the, in the stands of your past and your, all these other pity parties that we throw for ourselves keep us from getting into the game of what God has created us to do, and we miss out on those miraculous moments. It didn't have to be something huge or crazy. It was a simple moment of a lady seeing a sign, and that sign having the words on it that, were, that was the exact blessing that she needed, and our church being willing to stand in the gap to provide for someone, to let them know that, hey, Jesus has set us free, and the best thing we can do is to give back to you. That's what Paul was trying to hit home. As we continue in Galatians chapter 5, here's what it says in verse 13. It says, For you've been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Simple, but so powerful. Write these two statements down for me on the back of your notes today. It says, together, we have to realize that we are a force for good. Together. Together, we're a force for good. How many people came up to us yesterday out at the Feeding Families for Thanksgiving and, what's all these people doing here? What, what are you guys doing? It was just one random person just kind of standing there. It's not as exciting. Like, I don't know who that guy is. He's all alone. He's got food. I don't know why he wants to give me food. But when it's a bunch of people, we're a force for good. A bunch of people helping one person, helping in one family, being there no matter what it takes to serve them. Together we are a force for good. And together we can change the world with the hope that has a name, and that name is Jesus. It's pretty simple, local city church. We don't have to be experts in anything except knowing the fact that there is always hope because hope has a name, and that name is Jesus. All we gotta do is introduce people to Jesus and he'll do the rest. All we have to do is share our story and Jesus will be able to use that to impact someone's life. All we have to let someone know is that, hey, there is hope for you because if there was hope for me at my deepest and darkest moments, there's definitely hope for you. And it's because I've realized that that hope has a name. And that name is Jesus. And one of the last things I want to share with you comes from Galatians chapter 3. This is what I want to encourage you with is that for you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ 
like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true, true children of Abraham. You are his heirs, and God has promised, God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. What was God's promise to Abraham? That I will be with you forever. And that you will be able to pour out your life to impact this world for generations to come. God's promise to Abraham was that if you will just go, I will provide for you. If you will continue stepping out in faith, I will be there every step of the way. And for us, it's to realize that we are called to unite people. We are called to reach out with loving arms. We are called to reach out with the purpose of belonging and community, the message and good news of forgiveness and freedom that Jesus has given us. One of the greatest titles that I wear is not pastor, it's child of God in his family. And that's the greatest title that you wear when you step into the family of Jesus, when you step into what God has for you. We are a team, and teamwork makes the dream work, and there is nothing better than being able to be a part of a team that is changing the world with the hope that has a name, and that name is Jesus. Come on, give me some thanks and praise. We'll give God some thanks and praise if you believe that today, and let's catch our last scene today for week one of our Blockbuster Sunday. Local City, I gotta be honest, it's pretty incredible to be standing center ice at the Amelie Arena, the home ice for our Tampa Bay Lightning, multiple Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning. I just gotta soak it in for a second. Come on, let me just breathe it in. Ah. 
nostalgia. And as we've talked about, stories matter. And the stories of the fact that our home team has won the Stanley Cup multiple times is so exciting. I've been in this building cheering together our favorite team, our city of Tampa team that we love, that we wear their jerseys, that we cheer and get excited because there's something so powerful about being a part of a team. In the clip we just watched from the Mighty Ducks, it's one of the most monumental moments and memorable scenes in the entire movie, The Flying V, where they work together to accomplish their goal. What I love that it says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, is it says, so let us not get tired of doing good. Paul uses that word us intentionally because it can't just be me and you individually. We are a part of a team. We are the team of the gospel good news of Jesus. If you're sitting watching today, maybe you feel alone. Maybe you feel like you don't have a purpose in your life. I want you to know you can get out of the stands and on the ice and get in the game of what God is doing. Together, listen to me local city, together we are a force for good. Together we we can change the world. We can get in our own flying V, surrounded by the goodness and grace and joy and love of what Jesus has done for us and see miracles happen, see lives changed, see our city closer to Jesus a hundred years from now. Listen, I cheered pretty loud when the Lightning hoisted the Stanley Cup a few seasons ago, but I'm gonna cheer even louder when I get to walk into heaven and see Jesus and spend eternity with Him. And we wanna do whatever it takes to reach the lost and help people celebrate and be there with us for eternity to be in the presence of our Heavenly Father God, to be in the presence of Jesus, our Lord and Lord of Lords and King of Kings. There is nothing better than being a part of that team. It is truly, truly incredible, humbling, and simply awesome that we can get out of the stands and get in the game of life to help people, to truly, as we say every Sunday, bring the hope of Jesus local. So let us not get tired of doing what is good. Who's gonna take it? I think he should take it. Yeah, 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 yeah. What about Charlie? What about Charlie? What are you saying? Let's let him finish what he started. You're practicing that triple D? Yeah. Then you're all set. You may make it, you may not. But that doesn't matter, Charlie. What matters is that we're here. You look around. Whoever thought we'd make it this far? One, two, three, triple D. Take your best shot. I believe in you, Charlie. Win or lose. Thanks, coach. Forget it.
that's super exciting. I, I've seen that a hundred times. I still get excited about that moment, getting goosebumps backstage. Would you guys stand to your feet with me today as we close? We're going to close today. It's going to be a really great close to the message today. I want to give you the three points that are on your notes. But as you see there, what I love that he says to Charlie at the very end is, it doesn't matter whether you make it or not. It matters that you're here. And I want you to know that you're here in this place and that God's got something special for you. God's got something special that he wants to do in your life. God's got something special that he wants to continue to do in our church. And sometimes we're gonna make the shot, sometimes we're gonna miss, but we're committed to be here. Because our city and our community and your family and your friends and your neighbors need a church who is simply here. To be there, to bring hope, to make a difference, to serve them and care for them. So we are never going to get tired. We're never going to get weary of doing good. Here's the three things I want to finish with that I want to close with today. The first thing I'll give them to you real quick is that how do we continue to realize that teamwork makes the dream work? How do we stay committed to these things? It's to realize that we have to find people who challenge you, inspire you, and most importantly, push you closer to Jesus. You got to find people who challenge you. As we've said before, I don't just need faithful friends. I need faith-filled friends. People who challenge me and inspire me to be who God created me to be. And then when it gets tough, they remind me that it's all about being close to Jesus in this life. It's not about winning or losing. It's about having a solid foundation in my Savior, Jesus. And I need friends who push me closer to Him with their words, with their actions, with their reminders and their prayers and their encouragement. So after you find those people, what do you do then? You gotta spend a lot of time with them. Any good team practices doesn't just happen by accident. You gotta spend a lot of time with these people. Once you find them, you gotta be with them. That's why church rolls around every six, or every six days, we got Sunday again. Week two of Blockbuster Sundays next week. Come hang out, it's gonna be fun. But you gotta spend time with them. You gotta get in a circle, you gotta get on a serve team. Not because it's about doing, but it's because that's where the dream is found. That's where fulfillment is found. That's where that purpose is, per, is created and breathed life into that God has for you. You can't do it on your own. And then what's beautiful and powerful is that we get to see the miraculous happen together. There are a few examples every year that I like to use multiple times a year. And this is one of them, especially when we're talking about teams. So if we look at our life just about ourselves and our accomplishments and doing more for ourselves and winning, 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 and having that perfect Instagram page and achieving all our dreams, well, at some point, maybe it's already happened for you, at some point, our life is going to break. Whether it's disappointment, whether it's losing our job, whether it's a relationship strife, whatever it may be, at some point, our life is going to break. And that's going to be difficult, and that's going to be hard to get through. But as the Bible tells us, woe is to the person that falls by themselves. But blessing is when someone has a brother to pick them up. You see, what I love about church is it's made up of broken people. My life has been broken through different things in my life. I lost my dad at a young age. I've walked through insecurity and anger issues. I've been broken. Maybe you've been broken through the same thing. Come on, it's not just about me. We're all broken and messed up a little bit. And when life is just about us, it's very easy for the enemy to keep us on the bench and break us apart. But what I love about church is that when you come together and I come together 
And that other person comes together that we're bringing into this place. And we say, you know what? I'm not doing life alone. I'm going to find the right people. I'm going to let them push me closer to Jesus. I'm going to see the miraculous happen with them. When we do life together, the enemy can't do anything against us. He can't break us apart. He can't destroy what God's created. I mean, I'm really trying. It ain't happening. Doesn't look as good. Looks a little messy. It's got some sharp edges. But you know what? It's not breaking. That's what you need. That's what I need. And I'm so thankful God's given it to us. Teamwork makes the dream work. You're not alone. Let's bow our heads as we close today. Thank you so much for joining us on the Local City Podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just heard and allow it to go deeply into your heart. Let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thank you to everyone who gives to Local City Church. Your generosity makes this podcast possible and creates life change for so many people. You can be a part of spreading this message by going to localcity.church give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this message with your family and friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you. Have a great day.